Hello and welcome to Just Stories. We share inspiring stories of real people leading lives impacted by social justice, advocacy, and service. Here, how our guests have used their experiences to make a difference in the lives of others. And remember, it's all about the story, theirs and yours. Just Stories. Hi, everyone. This is Cheryl. I'm back with Mark, and we have an exciting guest today. How are you doing, Mark? Hey, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. Um, before we get to the guest, I'll share that I'm doing something a little bit new. Uh, have you heard of Noom? Do you know what Noom is, Cheryl? I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. I know a couple of people have done it and have lost a ton of weight. And, um, you know, I thought my weight was pretty good, and I wasn't too concerned about, about that. But Evidently, uh, the company thought I needed to use some, lose some weight because to get the company benefit, um, you have to be within a certain BMI. And I was above my normal BMI. So they said, well, if you want your $300 this year, you can do one of these weight watching things. So I chose Noom and I've been doing the Noom program, um, which has been interesting. It's, it's really psychologically based and uh, there's a lot of different aspects to it. But I will tell you, Cheryl, um, and I have lost a few pounds, which is good too. Yay. Yay. Um, but I will tell you, I was driving the other day and I was just thinking, I knew that we were having a, a talk today on just stories about world hunger. And I was driving and thinking I was a little peckish because, you know, I'm not eating as much. And I thought, well, I'm a little hungry, but you know, I'm trying not to eat as much just because I'm hungry, but I could, because I can just go into the cabinet or I can go into the refrigerator or the freezer or the pantry downstairs, all the different places that I've got plenty of food in my house to eat. So I'm going to try not to eat, but, um, but I, I just realized that, you know, I'm very blessed and fortunate that I live in a place and in a situation where I'm not at one for, for food and, and I, I can eat anytime I need to. Um, and I know that we'll be talking a bit about people who don't quite have that privilege or that, um, that good fortune in their lives. So anyway, that's a little bit about what's going on with me. Um, and yeah, I'm Newman. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know that much about it. I'll have to check that out, but yeah. you're right. We yeah. are blessed with an abundance of food and sometimes that's not so good for us. Right. Um, yeah. but right. it is a blessing that we should be, have gratitude about and appreciate. I did see one movie I'll, I'll mention real quick um, where it was called Tomorrowland, if you've ever seen it. And the antagonist said, Earth doesn't deserve to survive. I mean, think about it. You've got an uh, obesity epidemic on one side of the globe and you've got famine on the other side of the globe. And that Earth doesn't deserve to survive given those, those two things. But on that, on that happy note, who's our, who's our guest today? Well, our guest is well acquainted with knowing um, about world hunger and ways that groups are helping with it. So we are speaking with our friend, Pastor Gail Heidke. Mm -hmm. um, pastor Gail is a retired Lutheran pastor. As you know, she served at our church, our Savior's Lutheran Church. She actually was the longest um, serving pastor at our Savior's, which was wonderful to have her for so many years. And she retired last year. Um, she also served at various congregations in Wisconsin and Illinois before coming to Our Saviors. She has one daughter and one 
two-year-old granddaughter. Um, she's been active within ELCA, World Hunger Leaders, and she's going to share some stories related to hunger and food on kind of a local and a global level. So welcome, Pastor Gail. Hi, glad to be here and be able to share some stories with you today. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. How have you been doing? Mostly good. It's been an interesting retirement, but then I think these pandemic days have been interesting and challenging for lots of people. So glad to have a different orientation to life and be dreaming on what else God is calling me to do. Yay. Well, we're so happy to talk to you. And we know there's a bunch of people from our saviors that are going to really love getting to hear your voice on this. So, so Amen glad. to that. Yes, that's for sure. Well, we're going to jump in, and um, Pastor Gail, I know that you were raised in Wisconsin on a farm, so can you tell us a little bit more about growing up on a farm and how this has influenced your view of hunger? I, I've barely been on a farm. I have now in-laws in Iowa, so I've driven by them a lot, but I'd love to hear more about it. Well, thanks. I grew up in uh, South Central or Southeastern Wisconsin on a on a dairy farm. When I was a kid, it was a dairy farm. Um, and then about the years when I went to high school, um, my parents sold off the dairy business and continued to to farm the the land. We really saw the land as God's gift to us, and to be able to use the land and to allow it to produce um, is is how to steward the land and and care for it as well as care for others. So some of my earliest memories are helping with farm chores, um, whether it was uh, uh, chasing the cows out, out to the pasture and pasture and bringing them back in at the end of the day when we were in the dairy business, but then also. Um, Oh, just walking the fields. I remember one of my earliest memories is walking the field, the fence line with my dad. He would be checking the fence to make sure the fence was all intact around so the animals wouldn't stray. And I would take his hand and walk in between and, and looking out over all of the land and realizing what a, what a beautiful, uh, what a gift it was, what a beauty it was, what, what abundance there was. Looking out at it all and thinking what what an abundance God has provided, how, how just amazing, how everything grows and is, 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 is so beautiful and so productive. And of course, that's, that's good stewardship. That's American farming at its best, really using the, the techniques and the talents that our farmers know and uh, putting them to good use to, be, to have productive land. So it really, my, my concern about world hunger really starts from a care for the earth and care for the gifts of the earth and the gifts of God's people. And, you know, I, I'm not sure I agree with Mark's comment that the earth doesn't deserve to live. I think the earth and all of its creatures really deserve to live and that God really has provided an abundance. But the problem is that the abundance doesn't get shared in ways that are helpful to everyone where some have a lot and, and some have little. So I think that's, so it's a problem of distribution, not about abundance because the earth provides abundantly. So that's what I learned uh, sort of just observing the seasons and the change of, uh, of, of crops and the change of seasons on the farm. And then growing up with parents who were farmers and good stewards of the land, um, good stewards in lots of ways, um, caring for people because it's a concern for what the earth provides, but then also a concern for community. So really my passion about world hunger really comes from a commitment to the earth and its gifts and a commitment to community. 
Um, my parents were the ones who would, well, along with many others, I'm sure, um, collecting for food, food baskets and distributing them to neighbors. Or if a neighbor had need, um, over there with uh, a meal or uh, provisions, uh, groceries for what they would need to get them through the next weeks. Always concerned for a neighbor. And when my parents had need, when there was an accident that involved my dad, the neighbors were there to help with harvesting the crops and providing support and encouragement and food help as well. Um, community, really, it's, it's when you sit at a table with someone, um, inviting the neighbors over or just sitting at the table at the end of the day with the, with, uh, the workers who came on the, on the farm to help that day with the harvest. The table was always big enough um, to share with everybody who was at the table. My grandparents were there often helping. But um, I, and I think that that's another concern that has enlightened me about world hunger issues is that when God gives you more than enough, and I love this, this quote, when God gives you more and in abundance, you don't build higher walls, you build a bigger table. You think about how, how you can share more broadly with all that you have. We had community meals at church and that was always a, a basis for how people related to one another around food and what a gift of community that was. Even in her elderly years, my mother would be cooking soup for the church Lenten meals. And I would say, mom, you don't have to carry the kettle down the stairs into the church basement, just hold on. Somebody will be there to help you. Just wait a minute. <laughs> but she was, she was cooking and feeding for a, a group that would come in there. So the concerns for hunger are really rooted in care for the earth and care for community. And that sort of has led to some other possibilities and other extensions. Um, as I investigated through the programs that the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America hosts for world hunger projects and programs. That is so cool to hear that um, it is so interesting to me with lots of our guests just in childhood, how, how the impact of it and the impact of growing up and what your parents do and how we're impacting our kids. So very neat is the farm still there yeah the farm the farm is operating my brothers and sister um operate the farm today raising crops more than anything they don't have animals on the farm anymore but it's again seeing the land as god's gift and how to use it in the best possible way so um yeah they're they're working hard planting and this is the season when everything looks beautiful mm -hmm. because the seed that they planted last fall, the winter wheat is just growing. It's about three or four inches high and it's beautifully green. So some of the first thing that greens up in spring. And then they're also busy um, preparing the land and the, and the seed, the oat seed, because they'll plant oats next and then some corn. So they're getting ready for all kinds of stuff. Great, great. So they're really working it. They're working it. That's great to hear. And is that farm connected with um, anything else? I know that there's something uh, called Community Gardens in Milwaukee, and I think that you had alerted us that there's maybe a connection between your farm and that. Am I right about that? Yeah, this is a great program. Actually, it's a, a ELCA World Hunger Program for domestic support for people who are hungry in the city. St. John's Congregation in Jackson, Wisconsin, where my parents and my brothers now are part of um, team up with All People's Lutheran Church in the city, in the city of Milwaukee. And a couple of years ago, my, my brother took several straw bales. Now, like a load of straw bales, straw is um, produced when you harvest the wheat and have the stalks and you put them in a bale, sort of rectangular shaped bales for non-farm mm -hmm. people, 
these are pigs. Thank you. That's helpful. <laughs> he, he brings us a, a, about a dozen bales and brought them into inner city, inner city Milwaukee, right near the area where the church is located. There's a like a triangle space um, in the middle of the area, sort of like a park, okay. but able to, they were able to get permission to use that for community garden. So he had about a dozen straw bales and they developed a, a particular technique about planting with straw bales where you can actually plant tomatoes in a straw bale and it will produce. So you need to water it, somebody needs to tend it. But what it really goes to is the fact that you don't need perfect ground garden soil. You just need the ability to tend the plants that get planted in the straw bales. So the straw bales went into the city from the country and uh, people there planted community garden there in the inner city Milwaukee, again, funded and supported by ELCA World Hunger Program. So it's really been a great program um, for domestic hunger relief. Because that's the thing people don't recognize always is that sometimes even in, in cities, there's a food insecurity because they're not, you're not able to get fresh produce or fresh food in ways that you can, where it's more readily available to all of us in, in other settings. So community gardens are a, a big deal. And I think a, a good resource, a good way to share the gifts and the, and the bounty. That's fantastic. That's great to hear. So Pastor Gail, you, in this introduction, you sounded like you liked being on the farm. And when we talked before, you told me you were the girl that wanted to get off the farm, but somehow you keep getting drawn back into things that are <laughs> kind of similar to farming. So I'm not sure which is really true, but um, I know that you also uh, took time to visit farms in Florida. And so you haven't gotten away yet. <laughs> Can you tell us about this echo farm in Florida? I'd like to say that I'm I'm rooted in farming and the farming industry, but I was I was always called away from the farm and really called pastoral ministry. So that's been much more a passion of mine, um, and to be able to tell stories and relate stories about the about community and about feeding people. It's really deeply rooted in Jesus' own ministry, his ministry of feeding people as well. I got. Um, connected with the ELCA World Hunger Leaders. They have a, a cadre of leaders that meet every 18 months or so, really for um, education and some awareness building, how to learn to tell stories, to partner up with people who are involved in domestic hunger programs as well as worldwide hunger programs and just to allow us to be more knowledgeable. So the very first event I went to was in Fort Myers, Florida. And they invited me to come to Fort Myers, Florida in February. I said, Sure. February in Florida. I'm there. <laughs> but did, didn't see the beach once. <laughs> but what I did see was when they took us out to Echo Farms, which is in northern Fort Myers area. So if you're ever in the Fort Myers area, look this up. Echo is one of those acronym, acronyms that has sort of lost its connection. It's a uh, environmental concerns for Haiti development or something like that. Uh, but it's expanded so beyond uh, mm. in terms of worldwide. What they're doing at Echo Farms is developing seeds and technology to encourage agribusiness and agricultural development, food production for people around the world. For example, if you live in Tanzania and the soil there is like worthless for growing things, the folks at Echo Farms and other places, I'm sure as well, 
have developed the kinds of seeds that will produce even within bad, poor soil and the kinds of techniques that will help support the farmers in that setting so that whatever they have uh, in terms of soil and production and, and seeds, they can use and it can be productive for them. Techniques as well, and I think this is one of the things that um, I just found it fascinating to hear about the different seed development for different parts of the, of the world um, because it's a, um, it's a climate that's you know hot and steamy down in Florida, so that they have an opportunity to develop different kinds of seeds for that kind of climate. Also, different food products. There's a there was a product that I was fascinated with that um, that they can grow to, that provides uh, food for animals, but it also grows so thick that the, that it creates like a barrier or a fence so that it would keep the chickens in their yard. And if you take the leaves of that, I think it's neem. Um, plant. If you take the neem leaves and mash it up and put it in a bottle of like a, a jug of water and leave that water overnight, the water will become purified. So the leaves themselves. So safe drinking water is also a part of hunger issues, um, health care, those kinds of things all get involved with, uh, with hunger concerns. So learning from Echo Farms, sustainability. What they showed there is um, how to help uh, folks learn about irrigation and how are they going to pump the water from their water source into their fields? Well, we could we could gather an offering and send them uh, a gas-powered pump, but when the gas runs out, what are they going to do? Mm -hmm. So what they've developed there, and this is most fascinating to me, because they used like old bicycle parts, so that there was a crank system with the old bicycle parts and the the wheels. At, that would pump the water from the water source into the fields at the particular times of the day when the um, farmers would need to use it. Just very different techniques about sustainable agriculture and sustainable uh, farming that provides for folks who are insecure um, within other countries of the world. So I like learning about domestic hunger concerns, the community gardens, but also a world hunger concerns and what's being done. That's it's, it's such positive stories like this, the stories of, of that, that break our hearts about people who are starving and the, and the famines and the disease and the challenges that the world faces. And believe, believe me, we'll be hearing more after this or as this pandemic comes to a close because as badly as it has affected all of us, people most in jeopardy are those who are hungry and, and, and needy and facing famine and um, the violence of warfare anyhow. So those areas will be much more affected and the, the numbers that we'll lose to hunger will also rise again, even though we've made a pretty good progress on it. But there's so much more that can be done than just hearing the, the hard stories. The encouraging stories are the ones I like to tell and the ones that inspire me because again, it's linked to care for the earth and care for God's people. And then about building community, how community supports one another and how we can keep doing that. Well, Pastor Gail, you hit the head on the nail with regard to what our purpose is here too, because uh, we're not just here to tell sob stories. We're here to talk about the, the positive stories, uh, whether that be for advocacy or social justice or, or service. And so it's just really inspiring and it's neat to hear about a plant that can feed and fence and purify all at the same time and seeds that can be planted in different places and, and all the work that Echo Farms is doing. Um, really exciting, uh, exciting things. And 
uh, of course, you, you are uh, rooting us in reality too that um, there is going to be a lot, a lot more that we see with regard to as the pandemic comes to a close. Um, and even now that uh, these challenges will be um, even greater. Um, but but uh, it's, it's neat to know that there are technologies and people working hard at this. So Pastor Heike, all of this about Echo Farms that you learned from the ELCA World Hunger Leaders is just um, great information for us to hear and to share with our listeners. I wonder if there's anything else that you've learned from the ELCA World Leader, uh, World Hunger Leaders uh, that you would like to share with us. As I mentioned, the ELCA hosts World Hunger Leaders every 18 months or so. So we've been in different settings. In addition to Florida, went out to Iowa and learned more, but also to San Francisco, learning about um, domestic hunger programs, feeding programs, overnight um, housing programs, resource and development for people who are returning from prison, getting jobs in restaurants, growing food, that kind of thing, even within the city of San Francisco. We spent some time in Washington, D.C. Advocacy is also part of uh, uh, our, pro our awareness for hunger issues. If we can be advocates for hunger programs within our own country, as well as around the world, that's another way we lend our voice and offer our support in dealing with world hunger. One of the other uh, world, we didn't have a world hunger leaders gathering this year because nobody was able to travel with the pandemic, but they did host an online event, a webinar event with um, Rick Steves. Rick Steves is a Lutheran um, from the, I think, Seattle area, but uh, he, he's the world tour guide, you know, tours the world and tells us how to, how to, how to make the most of it. Well, he, he got involved in support for, for hunger, being aware of different hunger projects worldwide. And one of the places that he investigated or learned when he was touring in Ethiopia was touring around and finding out about the, about the farms and the farming that was going on there. And the fact that the ELCA was supporting hunger programs there, feeding people, but again, so providing support and sustainable agriculture techniques and uh, seeds to sustain uh, the development for wheat farmers in Ethiopia. In fact, they, could, they can have more than one crop. In the United States, we only have one crop of wheat a year, plant it in the spring, harvest in the fall. In Ethiopia, because of the climate, they can actually have two crops of wheat a year. What the ELCA, with the support of the ELCA and other agricultural developers, they've found a kind of wheat that is especially suited for the Ethiopian climate. Um, it's sustainable, it's sustain even through when, when the deep, the heat comes in the, in the hot time, when the, when the rainy season comes, it survives through the rainy season. It's, it's sustainable. It's a, it's a hardy wheat seed. It's, it's always productive. It's always reliable. It produces enough so that they have, um, seeds left over for the crop for the next year, which is the important thing. Reliable, productive, sustainable. The Ethiopians call it Lutheran wheat. They yeah. call it Lutheran wheat hmm. because it's productive and reliable and it always comes through with an abundance. Wow. Love now, it, love it. If that's our heritage, if nothing else speaks to the world about our concern for hunger issues, it's when the Ethiopians call it Lutheran wheat. My goodness. It's those kind of programs that inspire me and help me to want to be more involved in knowing about hunger projects and programs, but also investing my time and energy and telling people about them. 
That is so cool. Pastor Gail, can you share how our listeners can also help, um, you know, with to reduce world hunger? I think for me, it's it's what the what we used to say, what we used to say in the 60s and 70s, us old people now, think globally, act locally. Realize that hunger issue is a global issue, a global concern, a global, not just a problem, but a way that we can address it. But we also need to think locally and act in our in our local settings as well. So look for things that you can do that that are that are supportive for not just hungry people, but an awareness of building about how we care for the earth and care for one another. It's rooted in our connection to the earth and our connection to community. So be aware of what our local food pantries are doing. What are their needs? What are the local meal programs that are offering a community meal to folks who may be in need, or in these days when we're not able to gather at tables so well together, um, at least providing resources, meal programs or grocery programs um, that are being shared through our local schools. A lot of the the schools are providing resources for families who are um, temporarily, we hope, Having a, having a tough time even buying groceries or feeling food insecure. We can pray, we can give financially, we can give our time and our energies, we can be aware and we can be informed. And if there are uh, our hunger issues or um, uh, food program issues that are coming to our government, we can certainly lend our voice as an advocate for hunger programs, feeding programs in our own country as well as around the world. So those are some things we can. And to be, and to be grateful, to be grateful to God for God's, God's care and abundance for all of us, for all of the earth and all of God's people and God's direction that we might be involved in sharing that abundance. It's not a matter of supply, it's a matter of sharing. So if we can be involved in, in sharing and then celebrating all of the possibilities that are before us, the good work that has been done. Those are things that we can do with and for one another. Well, I sure see that that was um, built into you right from the start, from your parents on the farm, uh, building that uh, that um, gratitude uh, and uh, thankfulness for all that you had and for all that God has given us. Uh, and there's one common theme that I'm catching through a few of our episodes here at Just Stories, and that's um, we don't have to go out and try to change the whole world, change the world around you, I mean, have an impact on the person right in your own world or locally. Um, and so I appreciate that uh, that quote from you, think globally, but act locally. I think something like that, right? So that's uh, that's something we've we've been hearing a little bit about. So we'll 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 certainly take that to heart. Thanks, Pastor Gail, for being with us. It was great talking to you, and um, thanks so much for what you've done all over the years for us locally and for all those people globally. Amen. My privilege, my joy, that's for sure. Wonderful seeing you. You take care now, okay? Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of Just Stories. We hope you've enjoyed this time, and you'll join us again. Just Stories is a partnership with Our Savior's Lutheran Church, an ELCA member church, where all are welcome and we join in God's reconciling work, which prioritizes disenfranchised, vulnerable, and displaced people in our communities and the world. Your hosts are people of Christian faith, and we recognize that God works through many vehicles, including those of differing faith or of no faith. Our guests may or may not be members of Our Savior's Lutheran Church. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend and please subscribe. Tune in next time for more of Just Stories.